Today on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael continues his message titled, The Feeder, as he picks up in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 34. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Whenever you read the Septuagint and you see the name Joshua, guess what the name is in Greek? Jesus. Jesus is the second Moses. In fact, rabbinic writers were saying at the time of Jesus, they expected the prophet to come, a second Moses. And there's even a rabbi who said, when he comes, one way you will be able to identify the Messiah is he will do a miracle of manna, similar to what Moses, uh, God did through Moses in the desert. What are we about to look at? A miracle of bread and fish, and it's gonna come through the hand of Jesus Christ by the power of God. Now, one more. It's found in Ezekiel 34. So pass up the Psalms and Proverbs. Go Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, chapter 34. One of the things that we need to do with our Bibles is do some scripture with scripture and see how these all connect. This is Ezekiel 34, the second allusion. I'm not saying illusion, by the way. I mean alluded to. Ezekiel 34, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, 34, 1, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to those shepherds, thus says the Lord God, Woe, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? Ezekiel 34, 3. You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat sheep without feeding the flock. Those who are sickly, you have not strengthened. The diseased, you have not healed. The broken, you have not bound up. The scattered, you have not brought back. These are all things that Jesus did. He healed the sick. He strengthened. Uh, he brought back the, the, the broken. He bound them up. He sought for the lost. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost, Luke 19.10. Nor have you sought for the lost, but with force and with severity, you have dominated them. And they were scattered for lack, notice, of a shepherd, Ezekiel 34, 5. They became food for every beast of the field and were scattered. I will feed my flock, go down to verse 15. I will lead them to rest, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, bring back the scattered, bind up the broken, strengthen the sick, but the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with judgment. Then, Ezekiel 34, 23, I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will feed them, and he will feed them himself and be their shepherd. Many scholars believe that this is the greater David, Jesus, being prophesied about here in Ezekiel. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Look at 25. I will make a covenant of peace with them and eliminate harmful beasts from the land so that they may live securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. I will make them and the places around my hill a blessing. I will cause showers to come down in their season. They will be showers of blessing. Also, the tree of the field, 27, will yield its fruit. The earth will yield its increase. They will be secure on their land. And then they will know that I am the Lord. When I've broken the bars of their yoke and have delivered them from the hand of those who who enslaved them, 
and they will no longer be a prey to the nations. And the beasts of the earth will not devour them, but they will live securely. And notice, no one will make them afraid. Back to Mark chapter six. This is the context of the quote from Mark's gospel. Jesus looked upon them and saw them like sheep without a shepherd. The multitude pursues Jesus. The disciples are representatives of Israel. That's why there's 12 of them. And once more, they find themselves in this desolate place, this wilderness place. Jesus is Israel's faithful servant. And the question that comes up, like the 40 years of wilderness wandering, is once he does this, will they follow him? You know, in the parallel account in John 6, you get a little bit more detail on this story from, uh, as opposed to the Gospel of Mark. And in John 6, 66, after Jesus fed all the people and preached about taking in his body and drinking his blood, he was not speaking literally. He was speaking spiritually. He said, you ate them, the food, the, the bread that was multiplied just like the manna, but that's not the point because that food will perish. Do not labor for the bread that perishes, John 6, 27, but the bread that will give you eternal life, and that bread is him. He is the bread of God. And oftentimes what people want is they want what Jesus can give them. They want what's on the master's table rather than the master. Everybody with me? We want what Jesus, you know, people often say, I'll give Jesus a shot. You know, maybe he can, maybe I'll add him to my portfolio, you know. No, Jesus says, you give me all of you. Then I'll add to your life. You seek me and my kingdom first. Then I'll add to you. Don't seek what's on my table. Don't just do that. Now, Jesus, of course, teaches the people. Luke 9, 11, just write it down. It's a parallel account. It says, the multitudes were aware, they followed him, and Jesus welcomed them, and he began to speak to them about the kingdom of God, and he was curing those who had need of healing. I mean, if it were me, I would have been a little tired and cranky, <laughs> but Jesus welcomed them with compassion. Look at Mark six thirty-five, And when it was already quite late, Mark six thirty-five, his disciples came up to him and began saying, the place is desolate. It's already quite late. It might be, you know, 4 or 5 p.m. The sun would set in the spring at about 6. And so here's their solution. They said, send them away. So they may go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. So the crowds came. Jesus welcomed them. He taught them about the kingdom. He had compassion on them. Disciple solution, maybe a little side meeting. You tell them no. You tell them No. I think Philip was the one, the guy that got the short straw. <laughs> so he went up to Jesus. Lord, uh, just to update you on current events, <laughs> sun's kind of going down. This is a desolate place. Send the people away, perhaps thousands of people. Now, remember, all the people ran. So did anybody really pack a sack lunch? Well, apparently one little boy with a very enterprising mother did. You know, because he's the little boy that has the lunch, right? Everybody else, anybody got? Well, what do you do? Now, we know there's 5,000 men. Matthew 14, 21, write it down, says plus women and children. So you hear scholars say 15 to 20,000. We don't know. Could have been 8,000 there. Could have been 10. We know there's 5,000 men plus women and children. And so maybe 10,000, maybe 15. Some people say 20 because there would be just one guy, but if there's a wife and children, maybe there's three or four others. Who knows? 
There's thousands of people out there. Now, in the modern day, let's say that we did an outreach at the park and we realized that nobody brought anything. Let's say that we had 10,000 people there. And I went up to one of you who are involved in the hospitality ministry and I said, we got a big problem. None of these people packed a lunch. We're at a desolate park. What do we do? I said, well, if we drive through uh, in and out <laughs> see, it's about three, four miles from where we are in the order. What would you like today, sir? Uh, 10,000. I, I don't think it would be a cheeseburger. These people are Jewish. OK, it's got to be a place with a fish sandwich. I'd like 10,000 fish sandwiches, 10,000 fries, 10,000 iced teas. And can we get some of those little uh, pastries, little dessert? Can you imagine that? Even in the modern times, that would be an overwhelming thing. It would be an impossible situation, not to mention the fact that this is 2,000 years ago, and I don't think there's any drive throughs It's a desolate place. So we understand. You ever been there? You've been in the apostles' shoes. Family comes around the holidays. They stay for two hours. <laughs> you say to your wife, send them away. Now, you're thinking to yourself, don't you people have homes? <laughs> Is that your solution? Is that mine? Send the problem away. I don't want to deal with these people. Here's the apostles. You know, just when you th remember, they're in faith training right now. They're supposed to be getting the heart of Jesus. And many times when I look at my heart, I go, oh, man, that's not your heart, Lord. Send them away. Lord, we, we've come up with a solution. Here it is. Get rid of these people. We don't have to feed them, too, do we? We already, we already laid hands on a bunch of them. They already tracked us down when you told us it was time to rest. You've heard the old saying, I think many of you heard Pastor Chuck Smith say it, blessed are the flexible, for they will not break. Are you an inflexible person? We're going to do it this way. 1019. <laughs> People are like, whoa. Well, send them away. They said to Jesus in Luke's gospel, send the crowd away so that they can go in the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging. This is a remote place. Send them away. Write this down for your notes. In John 6, 3 and 4, we find out that when all this was happening, Jesus went up on the mountain. He sat with the disciples. And the season was the Passover. The Passover feast of the Jews was at hand. This is the setting and the season. It's Passover season. It's spring, about our March, April. And what would the people of Israel be thinking about? Many of these people were probably uh, pilgrims heading to Jerusalem for the Passover. What would they be thinking about? Deliverance, Moses, the first five books, of course, focusing on the wilderness wanderings and the provision of God. And Jesus is about to do a miraculous provision. The bread of life is about to produce food for these folks. And Jesus responds. Look at verse 37, a very inconvenient response. Mark 6, 37. Jesus answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and spend 200 denarii on bread and give them something to eat? Lord, you ever had the Lord confront you? Something like this. A problem comes your way, and you say, I'll pray for you. 
And then, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Send them off. <laughs> and the Lord speaks to your heart and says, provide something that they need. What good is it if you say to someone, be warm, be filled, and you don't give them what they need for their body? Hello? And that, it's pretty convenient for us sometimes. And sometimes the Lord confronts us and says, no, you. And you say, Lord, I'm saving this $5 for each. I had a burrito in my, I'm, I'm, I visualized the burrito. <laughs> now, you want me to give what? <laughs> Lord, is, now that can't be the Lord, could it? Do you want to be able to defend your faith, what you believe in, why you believe it? We've tackled subjects like Jehovah's Witnesses, the origins of Christmas. In honor of the 500th year of the Reformation, we did a two-part message on sola scriptura. Is the Bible alone sufficient? Is it our highest authority? Scientology, intriguing topics that are available on the Walk in Truth store at walkintruth.com. There'll be more to come, more exciting things to come. You give them something to eat. Jesus does that stuff all the time. And they respond, don't you know how much this is going to cost, Lord? Basically, just to sum up, we could work for eight months and not have enough money to buy bread for these people so they would just get a little bit. Lord, I don't know if you've calculated the number of people who are here and what this is going to take. What do you mean give them something to eat? I didn't even pack a lunch today. You ever had conversations like that with the Lord in prayer? The disciples are in training. And Jesus says, you feed them. Later, when Jesus is interacting with Peter, he says to them, feed my lamb. He says to them, him, feed my lambs. Take care of my people three times, right? Tend my sheep. This is a test. This is only a test of the emergency broadcasting system. <laughs> Young people are going, what in the world is he talking about? <laughs> Years ago, and I think they still do it on, on radio. I don't know if they do it on TV anymore. They would test the uh, system. Do they still do it today? And the most annoying sound comes on your television or radio. It's like, ah, 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 ah. And then they say, this is a test. This is the only, only a test of the emergency broadcasting system. In the interaction between Jesus and Philip, it says these words, if you want to take a look, it's John, just a few pages to your right. Chapter six, verse five. John six, verse five. Remember, this is in all four gospels. So when you piece them together, there's a, you get a more complete picture. John six, verse five says, Jesus, therefore, lifting up his eyes and seeing the great multitude, John six, five, was coming, uh, was coming to him, said to Philip, where are we to buy bread that these may eat? So he, he puts it back on Philip. And this he was saying to what? To test him, for he himself knew what he was intending to do. You ever been there before? Lord, what are we going to do? <laughs> Lord, I don't know if you know what's going on here. Thousands of them. They all ran, so they're extra hungry. <laughs> I know that dude right there. He eats five sandwiches in one sitting. This cannot be good. The Lord was testing him. He already knew what he was going to do. And Philip said to him, answered him, seven, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them for everyone to receive a little. Are you a Philip? 
Have you done your calculations? Do you live your life by the calculator? We need people like you. Don't get me wrong. We need people who have, you know, done the spreadsheet and all of that, but that's not how God works all the time. We've got to find that balance between faith and, you know, being real about situations. But Philip says, you can't, they're not even going to have a bite if we had worked for eight months and saved our money. So back to Mark. The Lord doesn't want us to be faithless. And here's a point that may, you know, escape us if we don't just park here for a second. Who was on the hillside? The one who had done what? He was curing sick people, opening the eyes of the blind, unstopping the ears of the deaf, raising people from the dead. And you don't think he can take care of a meal? You know, sometimes we forget who lives in us. Amen? We think, well, there's no possible way. You ever said that? Maybe some of you are famous for that. There's no possible way. <laughs> but with God, mm, how many? All things are possible. No, <laughs> teenager. <laughs> I said it. No possible way. Jesus like, way. <laughs> 38, Mark 6. He said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go look. So they went on a little mission, looking around for the brown baggers, the real organized people in the group. Hey, anybody bring a sack lunch today? <laughs> little boy, he's got five loaves and two fish. By the way, the fish were probably like little salted, like sardine kind of things. Amen. He had more faith than anybody, right? Yeah. Now, can you imagine, say your mama, say your mama packed you peanut butter and jelly sandwich, apple, some healthy low-fat chips baked, right? <laughs> little, juice, little juice box, 15,000 people, and you go, here, I, I got one. <laughs> so can you imagine being one of the apostles? Hey, kid, yeah, thanks a lot. Eat half of it as you're walking to Jesus. <laughs> I don't think he's me. How much is in there? Well, now. Fine. Yeah. No candy in the house, except in the secret compartment. Well, there's a little boy here. He's got five barley loaves and two fish. But what is that among so many people? Lord, get real. Send them away. We told you what the solution is here. And Jesus says, give it to me. In Numbers 11, just write it down for your notes. This is verse 22. The people are whining. There's 600,000 men on foot. And Moses says in Numbers 11:22, should flocks and herds be slaughtered for them to be sufficient for them? Should all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to be sufficient for them? And the Lord said to Moses, Numbers eleven twenty three, is the Lord's power limited? Now you shall see whether my word will come true for you or not. Even Moses said, Lord, what are you going to do? Like, there's a couple million people out here. Are all the fish of the sea just going to come up and flop it before us so we can cook them? Isn't it interesting? Five loaves, two fish. Five plus two equals Seven. 
Seven is the number of completion or perfection. And so they took it. Jesus has the lunch of a little boy, Mark 6.39. He commanded them to all recline, excuse me, by groups on what? The green grass. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in. Do you think there's a connection here? I think so. Of course, it's springtime, so the grass is green, but there's something deeper here. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Is that just a Bible verse, or is that actually real? And so Jesus says, let the people recline. Reclining, by the way, is you know, what the Jews would do on pillows, low table, to eat. Can you imagine being one of the people out there? What are we going to recline for? Stomachs gurgling, right? <laughs> You're one of those people. Why are we going to recline? There's no food. <laughs> then the Lord comes through. Yes. All right. Sorry. <laughs> so they reclined in companies of hundreds, verse 40 and 50s. Write down Exodus 18, 21. Because in Exodus 18, 21, this is in, at least in part how the camps uh, reclined or, or were ordered. Arkant Hughes says, interestingly enough, the almost contemporaneous Qumran documents found the Dead Sea used these subdivisions to describe how it was thought true Israel would assemble in the desert in the last days, close quote. And he took the five loaves, 41, the two fish, and looking up toward heaven, he blessed the food. You got to picture the apostles here. They're like, what is he doing? He blessed the food, broke the loaves, and kept giving them to the disciples to set before them. And he divided up the two fish among them all. And here the language is, he kept giving it, and they kept giving it away. What has the Lord multiplied in your life? Sometimes we feel like we have so little to give, right? Lauren, same lunch today. (laughs) How you doing today? Same old, same old. Same lunch, same people at work, right? No, I got a little cupcake in my lunch today, but other than that, same old. You know, if you will just offer what God has given you. Look, if you feel inadequate to to do ministry, join the club. Every one of us do. But if you will offer what you have, God will multiply it. But if you don't offer it, will he multiply it? Question. And so here's what happens. They all ate, and they were what? Satisfied. They didn't just get a bite. They all ate like seconds and thirds and second dinners, and they were all satisfied. This word has the idea of full, yeah. Like after a Thanksgiving meal. Can I get a witness? Not going to do it this year. And then all of a sudden, that food, man, you just can't help it. Some of you fast for like three days before Thanksgiving, right? And then I'm just, oh, And they picked up how many? 12, how full were they? Full baskets of the broken pieces and also of the fish. And there were 5,000 men who ate the loaves. Matthew 14, 21 says, plus women and children. They picked up... 
12 full baskets. Hmm. Woman with a 12-year flow of blood, Jesus stops her bleeding. 12-year-old little girl is dead and is made alive again. 12 full baskets are picked up as he feeds the nation, retracing the steps of fallen Israel in the desert. The message, he can supply everything you need. For all 12 of the tribes, he is the one who supplies for Israel and he's gonna, do, he's gonna feed the 4,000 in Mark 8. We won't go there now. And they'll pick up seven large baskets and that speaks of the seven Gentile nations. And the message in both feedings is I can feed the world, Jew and Gentile, with spiritual nourishment for their souls if they will only come to me and eat. The question, have you come? Have you learned that he can supply everything that you need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus? Hey, if you've been listening to these radio messages and you've opened your heart to Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you may be asking the question, what do I do now? Let me give you four things really quick of what to do after you become a Christian. Number one is read your Bible. You know, the Bible is like spiritual nourishment for your soul. It's spiritual food for the inner man. So think of your Bible as food for the soul. Get into your Bible and get your Bible into you. Open it up and read it for yourself. Number two, find a good, healthy Bible teaching church. You know, it's not enough for a church to say they're Bible believing. Make sure that they're Bible teaching and make sure that they teach in an expository fashion, going through passages and explaining the meaning of the text. Number three is to pray. You know, prayer is really a two-way communication with you and God. Pray with an open Bible, keep your heart open. The Lord will speak to you primarily through the scriptures, but he can also speak to your heart and show you what to do. And number four is share your faith with others. Tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ that you have embraced personally in your life. Tell them about how you've been born again to a living hope in Christ. That will give them the opportunity to meet Jesus Christ themselves. And it will also keep you accountable to this new life that you have in Christ. If we can be of help in any way, we'd like to know. We'd like to know if you made a decision to follow Christ. And if you're looking for a church to plug into, if you have questions, if you are looking for a healthy church, if we can help you in any way, Hey, I wanted to let you know that we are definitely listener supported and we could use your help. You could help us out with a donation if you go to walkintruth.com. But there's more than that. There's a bunch of products on our store at walkintruth.com and we continue to add products. And if you want to find out more about the cults, for example, Jehovah's Witnesses, or you want to learn more about specific topics like the origins of Christmas, Halloween, or things like that, but you can also help us out with a donation and help us reach more people. Walkintruth.com. Just click on the store, check it out, and see how you can get something to help out your walk to get more fed yourself, but also to help us feed others. Walkintruth.com. This is Pastor Michael. We'll catch you next time on the broadcast. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message in its entirety, or if you'd like to visit our church here in Corona, California, visit our website, walkintruth.com.